Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Hurtful. Yeah. You're a loser. I'm determined to have your brain. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yes. Get over there. <laughs> All right. I loud enough for you. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. You're perfect. All right. I do have a quick question for you. Uh-huh. You gave me ten total clips. Yes. The fourth clip was this process oh super does that have anything to do with anything hold on process that's a fourth clip yeah but your fifth clip is uh another one of uh the voiceover diatribe things so i think you recorded the fourth one by accident can you play that fifth one yeah as your probation officer it's my responsibility that you understand can you play the third one i began thinking what a waste this was yeah i don't know what's going on with that fourth one (laughs) how many total clips were there 10 10 yeah and i have 10 so well for missing one I know about it because I've watched this movie four times now. So <laughs> I'll at least know what it was. And then if so, we can just cut around it and I can just talk about what clip was. I didn't know if you had a joke for this that you wanted no. it. So I just made it anyway. And so I was just like process. But what am I supposed to process? Should I do this clip with the normal process or should I just let it go? I just I was confused. I didn't know. I just like the way he says process. What do you want from me? Yeah. You're a loser. 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 Wow, oh, man. Sounds like sounds like some kind of machinist is getting his fill right now. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yeah. You're a loser. Yes! Get over there! <laughs> You're gonna better move now. You feel a little yeah. better. Yeah, I'm all right. All right, let's start this show. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that a cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcast. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. to the 213th episode of Cinema PsyOps. Those who get it are going to get it right away. Those who don't will probably get it very soon. Still not understanding what the fuck is going on, why the fuck he is here, or why he's over an hour late is Matt. This is my last show in the studio. (laughs) 
I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to get a job where I can work from home. And I'll, I'll still do the show from the bunker. But I'm never leaving my house again. Because I fucking hate the general public. Omaha drivers are the fucking worst. They are the worst fucking people. I'll come to your house if you learn how to do all this shit and you spend all the money for this shit. No, no. I'll no. sell you all this shit and you we do all the work. We have the internet. We can use Skype. I just, neither one of us have to leave. You don't want to leave your house either. Fucking, it's fucking awful out there. No setup you're going to get at your house is going to sound as good as what I have here. Well, I know that, but, you know, sacrifices so I don't have to deal with people going to murder. Hey, if I go on a murderous rage on people get thrown in prison because you know I won't get away with it. Fuck, man, then there is no show. I know how you can get away with a murderous rage. We've <laughs> taken lessons this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? How yeah, you can get yeah. away with murder for a very long time until you're too drunk to give a fuck anymore. I, I don't know, man. I don't have 150 bucks for each photo shoot. <laughs> Duh, nobody ever got to keep it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's the same virtual it's the same $150. $150. I don't even think he had it. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, at least had half one time to show up front, but that's yeah. about it. So you almost died getting here, right? Yeah, I, well, first of all, the reason I'm an hour late is because I'm on call at my job currently. So uh, I got a page right as I about, was about to walk out the door and had to work on that. Then, yes, I'm driving here and I'm like, well, I'll hit on the interstate. It's a Monday night at 8 p.m. Should be fine. Should be fine. Nothing and to worry about here. Apparently, every other motherfucker had somewhere to go at 8 p.m. on a Monday night, too, because the amount of people getting onto the interstate was staggering at every junction from my pl- from where I would get onto the interstate uh-huh. to get off to get to your place. It every- sounds like whenever the College World Series is in town. Almost. It's like, I don't want to go anywhere. There's nothing in any fucking stores. Even pillows are gone. Pillows so, and yeah. bedding are gone. Everything is gone on in this fucking city. Something's happening. Well, during that. Anyway, I'm driving and every, at two of the four interstate entrances I run into coming to your place, I had a car speed up onto the on-ramp, get in front of me and slow down to, to about 55. <laughs> and a speed limit of 65. And they would slow right down and you could tell they were scared as shit uh, that they were driving at night. And then each time I had a semi right next to me so I couldn't go around. <laughs> Until the semi literally Passed us, <laughs> and then I could go around. I played too much Grand Theft Auto that I was like starting to white knuckle and thought, you know, I could ram them into a ditch, pull them out of the car, and beat them to death. Oh, whatever. You played just enough Grand Theft Auto to want to beat up a hooker after not wanting to pay her. I mean, that too. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you didn't do that once in Grand Theft Auto, there's something wrong with you, not with me. Wow. You heard it first, folks. Misogyny's okay as long as it's in a video game. Yeah, that's right. Is that how it's always been for video games? Some of those Grand Theft Auto s- players, I'm sure, are very fine people, Matt. <laughs> Have you ever seen what women get for, like, defense armament? compared to what men get for defense armament video games. Yes. It's fucking horrendous. Have you ever seen the memes where they put women's armor on men? men? Yeah. <laughs> fucking hilarious. They get like plus two body armor everywhere out of a metal thong. Man, that's some thong. If yeah. I got plus two defense out of a thong, wow. <laughs> I can promise you that you would get at least a plus 15 out of any thong you would wear. Yeah. Because you would gross out everyone and they would have to roll <laughs> yeah. or, you know, have a stat determining yeah, yeah. depending upon whether it's a video game or yeah, you yeah. can tell I'm an RPG guy. Yeah, you're an RPG guy. Yeah. <laughs> but they would have to like do a defense check against their sanity upon seeing you and not but a thong. Yeah, right. And I guarantee you that they would all fail because you would have a plus seven modifier <laughs> to disgust. Talking about rolling a dice. What are you, Amish? <laughs> what the fuck? 
I got the beard for it now. I might yeah, as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's get out a, of control. Get some, I gotta, hat, get some hat and suspenders, man. You're yeah. all set. Man, it grows so fucking fast. I got to get it shaped again. It's only yeah. been a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it already grew out again. <laughs> it's all like it's mad monk Rasputin style. It's, it's the only thing on our faces that are still growing with hair is our beards. Uh, the only spot on, on the our top heads. of our heads. Yeah. Well, except the back of our necks, maybe. Yeah, the back of our necks. And yeah. our ears. What's nose hairs. Wait, wait, what are, eyebrows. Can we just die already? Because fucking God's making us into circus freaks over here. When did you realize that you were an old man? Was it when you had to rip out your first really dark ear hair? No, no, no. It was when I started growing out. All my ear hairs started coming out already gray. <laughs> but a lot. Like a lot, like a lot. Like a lot. Like I could tell. And I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> when your ears start looking like Miracle Max, you yeah. know you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well. Princess Bride reference for yeah. those of you that aren't yes. keeping up. When your ears start to look like you have smoke coming out of them, like you eat something spicy in a cartoon, you know you have a problem. Yeah, my eyebrows are growing out and I'm looking like the Mighty Monarch and yeah. shit. <laughs> my wife's constantly pointing that out and making fun of me for it. And then she gets pissed when I rip the hair out. She's like, don't do that. It won't grow back. I'm like, good. Yeah, right. I'd rather have no eyebrows eyebrows than this are you gonna start penciling your just shave your eyebrows and put tattoo them on so that you have no problems i may just rip them all the way out and yeah. then just deal with it no you can't. i think you, i can you, pull you, off the eyebrowless look no you can't <laughs> i practically don't have any now except for the couple that grow out super you, long you have enough they're fine i mean from this <laughs> side from from this side of the table you 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 don't go eyebrowless i'll just be staring at you and be like so matt what'd you think of that scene i'm sorry what <laughs> So like a normal day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only this time, instead of paying attention to my phone, I'm looking at your face. <laughs> You're mesmerized by the reflection I'm, where my eyebrows I'm used like, to be. What's going on? <laughs> you know, Court, I never thought you were tan, but you removed the eyebrows and you had a somewhat tan because I see the pale outline of where the eyebrows used to be. All right, so let's get into the actual discussion of yes, the movie. Yes, an actual movie. What? Not not disparaging the last three films we watched. They were actual films. They just had pornographic yeah. content in them. I would submit to you that those were actual films that were just pornographic. Okay. Well, how about this? A, We've a seen porn movie. films that I would not call. Yeah. Films. Would not kill, call yeah. films at all. But these oh, three, those three were films. Although, although this film had a porn level of acting by some people. <laughs> well, it is definitely a very low budget, yeah. um, clandestine produced flick. We're talking about the secret life of Jeffrey Dahmer. Do you know why I wanted to put this in on episode 213, Matt? Did you figure it out? I didn't. This apartment number, dude. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. <laughs> it was like all over the movie. Yeah. They kept making a big deal about yeah, it. Yeah, it was 213. It. No, I didn't so, know we were on episode 213, though. I did say it at the beginning, and I said those yeah. who get it will get it right away, yeah. and those who don't probably well, won't. Well, then I wasn't thinking because I was too busy thinking about, you know, murderous rage that boils inside of me. Wow. That very much fits with the character. Yes. I think a lot of his murderous rage came from the fact that he couldn't admit to himself that. I'm homosexual. I think probably. if he could admit that. I'm homosexual. He yeah. would have been okay with everything. Probably. You know? That and his strict religious upbringing that conflicted with that. And then the lack uh, of. That's a little something that I think that these, the movie particular, added. these particular filmmakers made. Well, I'm just going off the movie. Yeah. So, But he also got away with it for so long, Matt. And yeah. you know why? Why? Old cops are bumbling dummies. <laughs> Well, these ones certainly were, but Walkie didn't do themselves any favors on this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so you're running late. The show's running late. We've had more than enough pattern to open up the show. Yes, more than especially enough because we have a more enough movie to cover the show this time. <laughs> We're gonna have to get into this, especially since we have no idea what's going on with your fucked up clips. Yes, yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> We're gonna take a little break here. We're gonna play a promo. We're gonna have some music befitting of the film, The Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer, or Jeffrey Dahmer, The Secret Life, depending upon which version you've seen, or also just The Secret Life of the title in the film is to be believed <laughs> and when we come back we will have the trailer this will keep it quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show i'm bo ranstell and i'm one of the many creators you can find on legion podcasts i said quiet my fellow podcasters and i work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting but that comes at a cost what's that like to live deliciously Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Oompa Loompa Toompa Dee Doo Jeffrey's stirring up some chocolate for you Oompa Loompa Toompa Dee Dee He worked at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory What would you bet Jeffrey Gazzle down meat? Eating a bunch of the fellows he'd meet If Jeff was a cat and men were the rats What do you think will come of that? Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Da Jeffrey loved eating men from gay bars And he lived in happiness too Like the Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo Well, that might have been a little bit of poor taste for me to play that, but Macabre made an entire album based on Jeffrey Dahmer's life, so the bulk of the music for this show is going to be that album. Really? Out of the last five years, you think this is where we go into poor taste? Well, I mean... Maybe not the movie called Poor Taste that we cover? No, that was Bad Taste. Bad Taste, but either way. We indulge in bad taste all the time. Poor Taste, though. Poor Taste is another level. It's just slightly below Bad Taste. Poor Taste is when you have bad taste and you realize that it's bad taste and that you make that joke anyway. Okay, then we've definitely done that the five years we've been doing the show. <laughs> I love that you're numb to this. Like, if I would have pulled this shit on you, yeah. like, in an earlier episode, you would have been so outraged. But I- you're so fucking jaded with me now. Yeah. You don't even care. It only took five years. <laughs> only five well, years. Only five, well, probably, I don't know. I've been like kind of like this maybe about four years. <laughs> like, like Maybe it was three and a half, four years in that this happened. <laughs> you know what? You're not too jaded to be outraged at yet, Matt. What's that? This trailer. I'm hungry. I'll give you uh, 150 bucks if you pose for some pictures. Do you want to buy me again? $150 to take my picture? Yeah. $150. Right. Cool. I'm Jeff. His friends thought he was friendly. His grandmother was trusting. 
Listen, I'm just going to be having a few drinks with a friend of mine outside, okay? Okay. He convinced everyone he met he was sane. My grandma just waits down the street. We go over there and try to get some jumper cables or something, see if I can find them anyway. You know what? Uh, you got to be really careful out there. Anything can happen. You, you, you just don't know who you're dealing with out there. I mean, anyone can come along and pull a gun or something. I've been jumped a few times out there, too. Jeffrey Dahmer was a stalking nightmare. What takes the picture? 20 minutes for 50 bucks. What kind of pictures? I'll do anything for $200. Almost anything. Now, is that, is that standard 35 millimeter headshots? Yeah, like money. How much am I getting for this shoot? Boy, this bear's strong. What you put in this stuff? It's just whiskey. I just put some beer in the refrigerator, man. I was gonna make you dinner and everything. No, man. After this set, I'm gonna leave, alright? <laughs> so, tell me about yourself. Relax, man. You're not going anywhere, buddy. I'm keeping your head. What do you wanna know? Let's start with your family. Where have you been, Mom? It's your fault. My family sucks. We're done, folks. Good night. Woo. All right, man. Well, you did the notes. Uh, yeah. And you fucked up the clip, so let's see how this turns out. Uh, all right. Anyway, we open up with some reading, which I think is bullshit, because I came here to watch a movie, not to have to use, you know, learning. I was born to lead, not to read. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, it states out, what you are about to see is based on the true story of Jeffrey Dahmer's attacks and murders over a period of more than 14 years. Events and characters, in some instances, have been fictionalized and combined in order to make a story that can be shown. AKA, we didn't feel like giving you the whole skinny on everything, so we took out the parts that would be the most exploitative to sell this product yes. and condensed it down. Many of the deeds of America's most publicized and notorious serial killer are simply too gruesome to show on the screen. In order to protect sensitive issues and the privacy of survivors, events portrayed in this film may conflict in detail with exactly what happened in individual cases. Even though they used real names for some of the real victims and some of the real circumstances, yes. they just combined things or cut corners to not be able to display the gore, even though it was extremely gory for the yeah. time it came out. The film may conflict in detail with exactly what happened in the individual cases. Only <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer knows the truth. <laughs> nothing will ever change. Just like your barber and your haircut. Yes. Nothing will ever change the fact that 17 young men encountered Jeffrey Dahmer and it was their last encounter. Well, that part is actually true, yeah. Yes. All right. And then we open up with some uh, commentary from the killer himself. And so, you know, that's our first clip. If I'm to be honest with myself, I'd have to admit that if I again were set up in another apartment, I probably would not be able to stop. I feel it's almost a driving compulsion to commit these acts. And I have to wonder whether or not there's an evil force in the world and whether or not I've been influenced by it. No one had a clue. 
After I was discharged from the army, I lived in Florida and then Ohio with my dad. He sent me to live with the only person I ever really loved. My grandmother. By the time I was 16, I was a heavy drinker, going on long binges. It always got me in trouble. But it's the only thing that ever gave me any relief. So when I was younger, I started cutting up animals, mostly road kills, and I enjoyed doing it. I began to fantasize about what it would be like to cut up human beings. I wanted to see how things worked. So my mom let me listen to my little brother's heartbeat before he was born, and it really impressed me. I realized that my sexual fantasies and my fantasies about killing and dismembering humans were interlocked, and there was nothing I could do. I wish now that I would have just cut up animals. All right, so at the end of that, we see Dahmer picking up a hitchhiker, and they head to where Dahmer is staying. Uh, we see what appears to be Jeffrey Dahmer's, I believe, his mother, not his grandmother yet. She seems to be making, like, quilts and such, and it makes a loud noise, so she can't really hear anything that's happening. Yes, his first sexual victim that happened shortly after he graduated high school. And shortly a, after his parents' divorce. Yeah, his his um, mom abandoned him with his dad, who was never around and was cultivating a new relationship at the time. Yes. Um, and it was like basically a new marriage that he left that then wife for. Yeah. I, he was not raised in a very religious household as far as I can tell. His dad was like a chemist or some type of a scientist. So that was something that the filmmakers added in that he yeah. hated himself and that's why he was like that. Well and it seems like they tried to claim that the religion part comes when he's living with his grandmother. Yeah that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah that, that but, was just something that they added because they were a little bit of religious nuts or so it seems from the commentary. Yeah it seems very much like they really pushed a religious agenda with this movie yes. heavily. Yes. Like, especially in the very end, it's fucking just horrendous. Yes, yes. All I, right. Him being gone and then as far as how the hitchhiker gets killed is relatively close to how it happened in real life that you're about to describe. Uh-huh. But uh, father was nowhere near the place. Mother had abandoned him and taken his little brother whom both parents loved more than him and ignored him. Yes. Basically. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why he became who he became and how he ended up like he was ended up. So he's alone with the hitchhiker in the house in reality and yes i'm gonna do this the whole fucking movie yes okay <laughs> so anyway uh the dude is kind of working out outside and jd comes out and says hey i got a couple beers <laughs> JD, i'm gonna let you know right now i never call him jeffrey or full name jeffrey Dahmer in this my notes it's nothing that i'm doing consciously it was all shorthand notes you know i do it too so yeah. that's fine uh so the guy says actually he just wants to leave and thanks for the workout but he really he has to go see his girl this really tans jeff's hide here. The guy lays down for one more set and JD says, yo, he looks really good doing that and that really freaks the guy out and so uh, JD picks up one of the weights and smacks him right over the head with it. According to his account, it was a barbell. Like he took an empty barbell bar and bashed him over the head with it. Okay. Which is something that everyone should remember when we discuss how Jeffrey died. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's unfortunate for him. Weird little coincidences in uh, his life. in his life. Uh, so anyway, he hides the body for the time being under the crawl space of the house. Accurate. He begins dismembering him with a shovel, it appears. Not accurate, but we'll let it go. And that will actually lead to our next clip. Put some of the remains in a garbage bag and took a drive to get rid of them. If the cops that pulled me over that night had bothered to look in the back seat, it would have saved a lot of lives. The first four years I lived with my grandmother, I was lived the straight and narrow and life was fairly calm. My relationship with my grandmother was loving and good, and even had a long-distance relationship with my dad. I should have stayed with God. 
I went to church and read the Bible. I helped my grandmother with chores. I helped her work in the garden and I went on errands. I was trying to live the normal life, to be good. I got a job at the Milwaukee Blood Plasma Center drawing blood from donors. I tried to keep my fantasy wife at bay. It seemed to work for a while, or maybe I just didn't have the opportunity. It was the calm before the storm. Not knowing all the particulars of his life uh-huh. that you know. Yeah. At this point, right when he said, I should have stayed with God, I went, whoever made this movie has an agenda to push. Yes. I'm like, wow, that's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, it's so much an agenda because at the time he was living with his grandmother, like, so he gets out of high school, he goes to college for a little bit, and his drinking is such a problem that he basically fails out of high school because he doesn't even go to class. All he does is drink all day. Yeah. Which is the Matt Psyop method of college for the first couple of colleges you went to. Fat, drunk, and stupid's the only way to go through life, son. Except he was thin, gaunt, sexy, and drunk. All right. I'm just going by what other people in the community that were around Jeffrey would say for him. Yeah, well, you hang out with me, you don't get murdered, okay? <laughs> right. Fat, drunk, and stupid is a way to make sure that you get to go through life if you hang around yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you let it drive you. Um, <laughs> but he failed out of college, and his father gave him an, basically an ultimatum where he's like, join the military or get a fucking job. I'm done with yeah. His father's constantly frustrated with him. So he joins the military and he signs up for what should be six years. Guess what happened? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he gets kicked out. Yes, he is dishonorably discharged due to drunken and disorderly conduct. He can't keep himself sober long enough or to straighten up and his antics get so out of whack that the military doesn't even want him. In the late 80s to early 90s, I want to stress that out, that he got discharged for drunken misconducts and things like that. Fuck, man. In the late 80s, in early 90s. That's all there was in the late <laughs> 80s, early Well, kind of, yeah. Early 90s though he got caught. Well, what I'm saying is the, yeah. t- the time frame the that time this happened. The time frame of yeah. it, okay. So we're talking like late 70s, early 80s, like, you know, post-Vietnam when the military is the least popular in the country. Yeah, and needs he all joins, the people they can get. He joins up and he gets discharged because he's too much of a drunken mess. I just want to stress like how much of a drunken mess he must have been. Yeah. Then he moves in with his grandma and then some stuff that we're going to see that happens later on that they say happened while he's living with his grandma. Uh-huh. He actually does serve time in jail for some of the stuff that he had done, including masturbating in public and getting caught for being drunk and yeah. things like that. So he has a spiraling downhill. Just his life is getting out of control while he's living with his grandma already. Yes. Before we get to the stuff that you're talking about. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to cut to September 15th, 1987, eight years after the first killing, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We know it because the movie just told us. It's at <laughs> it right there. Really convenient. Thanks, yes. movie. After it already pushes the Christian agenda that he should have stayed with God. I mean, that bothered me that they pushed the agenda, but then it made me happy again when they let you know where we're at in the story. Uh, <laughs> you forgave them very quickly I forgave for them very quickly. When they give me that <laughs> opportunity, I'm like, you're all right, movie. First of all, the movie pissing me off by making me read earlier. And then it pissed me off even more by pushing the Christian agenda. Which is weird. You think you would be okay with a Christian agenda being pushed? Not that Christian agenda. <laughs> Anybody who feels the need to push a Christian agenda, they're not really Christian. They just are looking for money. <laughs> All right. So JD picks up a guy. Uh... <coughs> 
while both being drunk and they get to a hotel. They both seem like they're about ready to get it on, but then they pass out. The next morning, Jeff wakes up and he finds that he's killed the man while he was blacked out by beating him in the chest. He leaves uh, to figure out a way to dispose of the body. He gets a suitcase and a saw and he then cuts the body up, puts it in the suitcase and brings it back to his grandmother's house. We cut to JD's grandma is starting to smell the pieces as she kind of walks around. Uh, right before this, he actually makes a mention where he's sitting there staring at a suitcase that, you know, he's just feeling utter loneliness and he just feels alone. Like That part's relatively accurate as to why he did yeah. what he did, yeah. Uh, so anyway, she's of course smelling the corpse. Uh, she confronts Jeff and he's able to uh, fool her into believing it's rotten cheeseburgers in his room. Well, I mean, he's a filthy, disgusting boy. Yeah. So, of course she's going to believe it. And also, he's a bit of a drunken mess. Yeah. So it could be anything else. That room was pretty well put together for a drunken mess. I'm going to just go ahead and push the fantasy button on that because I don't believe that Jeffrey Dahmer would have had that clean No, I'm willing to bet he had like death metal posters or some shit. Well, and also... Maybe not death, but you know, posters and shit like that a mess. It would have to be gross enough for Grandma to believe that he would leave burgers rotting in his room like that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Something along those lines. But yeah, he did trick people pretty well with that. Yeah. Um, We cut to now it's March 1988 we know the movie tells us and that is our next clip it was typically a Friday preferably on a long weekend how you guys doing I'm sorry what do you want great you want that on tap yeah before I went out I would take the medication and carefully grind it and then set it aside so I could slip it in someone's drink really easily I'd go to my favorite haunts and look for someone someone who's alone the best looking guys I could find so, uh, what's your name? Richie. Thanks for the bill. Sure. All right. Well, Jeff makes a money offer here to Richie, who says he doesn't hustle, but he thinks Jeff is a handsome guy. Jeff asks him to pose for some new pictures, and Richie seems to be pretty cool with the idea. Well, yeah. Like I said, yeah. he says that he's into Jeff, so yeah. Jeff didn't need to do the things that he did to pick up dudes. Yeah. He did the things that he needed to do because he was terrified that they would leave him. Yes, exactly. And he was psychotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we're we're back at Jeff's grandma's, and Rip's, uh, Rich says, strips down there and uh, we hear another kind of uh, commentary by JD saying he had no intention of killing him and that he actually, you know, enjoyed his company. Uh, after some hanky-panky, uh, Jeff states it was the thought of him leaving that caused him to drug him. As Rich is just sitting there drinking the beer, he's actually talking about making, making future plans to see uh, Jeff. Exactly. Which is fucking hilarious. So I'm scared of him leaving. He's making, he wants to make plans to see him again. Yes. Well, it's not so much that he's scared of the person leaving. He's, he wanted to. Yeah, I think that's something that he made up as an excuse. That yeah. is just my personal opinion. And this, this, His whole thing was being able to control someone and have total, absolute control over them. The first clip that's going to be in the show. Uh, he says that. He says he's always had a, fam- a fantasy of picking someone up and having total dominance over them. Right. So it's not just he doesn't just he, he's not just lonely. He's a fucking control freak who wants every aspect 
aspect of a person's life under his thumb. You could say control freak, but it's more or less like he gets off on having someone be completely helpless and for him to do whatever it is he wants to do as much as he wants to do it. And so it's not so much that he wanted the people to be dead in order to do it, although that certainly helped get him exactly what he wanted. Yeah. It was he wanted someone that would be completely submissive and basically unable to stop him from anything. And so whenever they were wanting to do what he wanted him to do, that was great and everything. But eventually he was going to want to keep doing those things. And if they wanted to stop it at any point, that's whenever Killer Jeff took over. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, as he's drinking, the meds start to kick in. He's kind of not calming down. He's kind of like, you know, he's panicking a little bit because everything's spinning. And which you would do whenever someone drugs you and you weren't expecting that. You don't know what's happening and it would be terrifying. Yeah. And JD then goes from trying to comfort him, telling him to calm down to choking him to death and killing him. Um, We then cut to the next day. He's kind of he's on a stove boiling something in a pot. And that leads to our next clip. I began thinking what a waste this was to take a human life to ruin what I thought was a beautiful human. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, are you in there? I need you to help me carry in these groceries right now. So I had this idea. If I were to preserve a part of them, a part of the person, like the skull, maybe that wouldn't be such a waste. They would be with me all the time, like a real friend who was always there. It's important to note that when Jeff was a kid, he used to do this with animals and roadkill. Yeah. He was killing animals to be able to do this, but mostly he would collect roadkill. Sometimes he would capture animals and things. And he got so obsessed with it to the point where his father, who was like a chemist and just thought it was like a normal, not normal, but like a, uh, just a, a certain interest that he had in like the chemistry. The curiosity. Of, curiosity of how it works for collecting the bones and what the bones look like and more of a scientific outlook. Didn't really realize until it was probably too late that Jeff was getting into this a little too much. Well, his father didn't, they didn't care. There is that. He was pretty much abandoned for a lot of his life. But when they did take an interest, it would be they noticed that something has gone too far. Yeah. And it was usually because he escalated it by trying to gross somebody else out with the things that he was doing. Yeah. And so the next, that would get back to the parents and the parents would try and quell that. And so he would eliminate that, but Jeff would then start doing this even more in secret. And so these things that were forbidden from him became like more and more a part of his fantasy life because it was something that he wanted to do. He was denied to be able to do and that made it more thrilling for him to do it in secret and to hide it and so he just kept escalating to get more and more thrills in secret with controlling these dead things playing with dead things and liking you know messing around with dead animals and things yeah. dead things they sex with a dead thing corpse fucking <laughs> exactly you happy now yes i am uh at the point when he's talking about this and he's in his bedroom with the pot he actually brings out the head and cradles the boiled head and starts taking pictures of it um we then cut to him helping a guy out with his car he can convinces the guy to come back to his grandma's maybe he can find uh some uh jumper cables or give him a ride and the guy thinks that sounds like a just a great plan uh they talk about life and how like no one helps anybody anymore and how humans are all pigs and a lot of that's in the trailer yeah they're drinking some coffee and all that and jd says he's gonna go find his keys uh as the man is sitting there drinking his coffee he realizes he's being drugged he realizes he feels different jd grabs what seems to be like a really long like a uh, like a sewing
sewing needle, but like a really long one. Is that about right? Was that what that was? He pulled it out of the kitchen. It was a kebab maker. Like uh, a steel, kebab maker. There we go. Kebab. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, with this movie, I never know. You know, this one, you know, where they pull things out it, of. It could have been a canvas needle because yeah, his but, family's into sewing. I, I totally get what you're saying, but it had the little loop on the it's bottom a kebab. of it. So it's totally it's, for a kebab. When you yeah. said it, now it's it's there. It's a kebab needle. Yeah. Uh, and he goes up, sneaks up, and stabs through the chair only to find that the man had escaped. He ruined that chair for nothing. Exactly. And the man found some help, and Ian Jeffrey even said that he even called the police, but we never hear if anything happens from that. Yeah, they're mixing up the time frames of when things happen in this story quite uh-huh. a bit, because there's a pivotal thing that um, he gets into trouble for very early on in life that they push later on oh, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. film, and some of the killings that they're attributing to his grandmother's house happened in his apartment. Okay. Um, and there's a bunch of other things that caused him to get kicked out of his grandma's house to begin with, but we'll, we'll get into that when we cross that bridge, but anyway. Alright, so now we cut to January 1988. Um, he's taking pictures of a guy uh, in his underwear and states uh, in the commentary that when they passed out he would, well, he said in his thing, he said he would sleep with them and effectively he's raping them because they're passed out. They can't really give consent anymore. Yeah, he's so, cosbying them. Yes, he's, he's raping them, uh, uh, he, while he's commentating on those, he's dragging one into the bathtub and he hacks him up using a hatchet. Uh, this is where you starting to see he's starting to use different weapons now. It's never the same weapon twice, almost like he's learning. Uh, and then uh, he also states that after doing all this, disposing of them was really for him just an afterthought, uh, which, you know, in the end becomes part of his problem because he doesn't want to ever dispose of them. So, well, yeah, he wants to keep them around forever. Yeah. Which is a big problem for him. Yes. 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 Uh, Unless, you know, he lived in a mansion out in the middle of nowhere, then, you know, fuck it. Then, (laughs) you know. Eventually keeping it around will become a problem. Yes. Uh, He meets a guy again who says he wants to be a model. So, no, sorry, big gunner. Uh, (laughs) JD offers him 150 to take pictures. They head back to Jeff's place uh, for some Irish coffees. Uh, The dude uh, makes sure that all he has to do is pose for pictures. He doesn't want to do anything else. Uh, this kid is slamming his Irish coffee, which, of course, drugs him. Um, later on, the kid wakes up, and he's kind of in the cellar, and he's on a table, and he sees skulls and, and the weapons that Jeffrey uses. He tries to crawl out of the cellar while yelling for help, but JD mocks him and then starts to try to hack at him with an axe. The guy is able to kick Jeffrey off of him and keep climbing up, and he appears to get away with it. Uh, he appears to get away from Jeffrey as Jeffrey's kind of drunk when he tries to hack at him. That's another problem with Jeff's that, that they want you to appear that in the movie, I don't know how true it is, that when it came right down to the time to kill, he was he was also hammered. Yeah, he used to have to get blackout drunk to be able to do a lot of the things that he needed to do. Yeah. So that is part That's, of the reason why he has so many narrow escapes and things like that. Yeah. Because he was a blubbering alcoholic mess when he's trying to do what he needs to do. <laughs> well, then it cuts to um, a, a, another black screen saying, 1982 to 1988, while living with his grandmother, Dahmer killed four young men and disposed of their bodies. 
All right. Well, we cut to uh, JD's grandmother on the phone with his father. His father telling him that she should not worry. He'll handle Jeffrey and talk to him. Uh, JD's dad then gets on the phone with him and tells him he has to move out of his grandmother's house. He doesn't know why he's still living there and that she cannot take any more of his drinking, loud music, and bringing in men right underneath her nose. Part of that is kind of true. Part of that is kind of true. Okay. Um, He had a mannequin in the closet in his room that she had apparently found. Yeah. And it was a bit disheartening because the mannequin had some things done to it to make it more fun for Jeffrey. Oh. And she found that and she got upset about that. He also was having a very hard time hiding the killings in his grandma's basement. Oh, I'm sure. So, which is what he was doing. He was doing a lot of the killing in the basement and everything. And her being there made her somewhat of a liability and it made it hard for him to do what it is that he wanted to do. Yeah. And he needed to escalate the thrills like he needed to keep going more and more or more frequently Uh with his stalking and killing and living with her was a problem. His father didn't call and kick him out. Um, That's not necessarily what happened. He just had to go because he made the decision as well. He made the decision to leave. As far as you can, you can glom from some of the things that they were telling about the story that happened. Um, also, uh, the the whole thing with his father, like, you know, telling him he needs to move on and stop doing this kind of stuff and essentially guilt tripping him for being a homosexual almost. Yeah. That isn't the case so much. Like, his father actually, while disillusioned with everything that Jeff was doing, because by this time, all the legal troubles that he had had that he actually got busted for uh-huh. that we're about to get to when he gets to his apartment. Yeah. That's happening while he's living with his grandma. So all the stuff that he gets put on probation for and all the things that we were about to talk about and then the exposure and the the stuff that would be like serious warning signs of a sexual predator and other yeah. bad things nowadays that in the 80s people really didn't kind of realize that that's what was going on uh-huh. while it would be a stigma and he would have issues with it he was kind of able to talk his way out of it and his father actually paid for his legal defense for a lot of that stuff yeah so he was disillusioned with what his son was becoming but at the same time he stood by his son and he loved him like a father would and that's not the type of father that would kick you out of your grandmother's house no so that's kind of a little play that the movie did they wanted to make it seem like he was trying but because he lost living with his grandma that's they what trying to him make him edge. a victim they a little bit they a little they, but enough well uh, so much as in he's the victim because he lost his way with god yes you could say that where removing him from his grandmother's godly influence and him not going with God I, is the linchpin of just to me, what makes it worse. They're trying to give him an out on that. That sucks. Oh, it's like a Christian scare film. It really yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, while his father's telling him this, they're cutting into like visions of uh, Jeffrey playing as a child and Jeff falls into tears. We then cut to uh, the screen telling us Dahmer gets his own apartment after living with his grandmother for seven years. We are now now in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it is 1988. Uh, we cut to Jeff moving into his own place, saying that, uh, by the way, uh, saying that... Process. Yes, that's what he said. It was a process. Process. He says it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but keeping these type of horrible secrets also warps around all the other factors in his life. But he says he's been doing well enough fooling people. He goes to work every day. He goes out. You know, he's a part of the world. He, but however 
he does. He likes to cuddle with his skulls. He has left one of the skulls of his victims in the locker at the chocolate factory. Just to be close with it. I'm Yes, and I'm sure that pisses off the Oompa Loompas because they're probably like, what the fuck smells in this place, Willy Wonka? Get me the fuck out of here. That would be the one he probably boiled and then painted so it wouldn't have smelled. Oh, there you go. At that point, it would have been cleaned of the things that would have produced a smell. Still, one of the Oompa Loompas is out in the locker area and see some fucking skull there. He's going to be like, what the fuck, man? Different chocolate factory. Also, Oompa Loompas collect skulls. Really? The fuck, man? Is that what happened to all those fucking kids? Of course. Really? Yes. All except for Charlie? Yeah. Wow. Well, eventually they got Charlie, too. Really? I thought Charlie owned the place. Oh, Oompa Loompas live forever. They got him. Oh, they got it. Like, they got Willy Wonka, too, eventually. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. They got him all enshrined like fucking Grandma on Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, is he like, too. Is he, like, all frozen like uh, they did with Walt Disney? Oh, no. He's not frozen. He's yeah. fucking desiccated. <laughs> Desic- like, lying in state. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, good for the Oompa Loompas, man. Yeah. They should be the boss of themselves. Power to the Oompa Loompas. Right? I'm for it. As long as they keep churning out that delicious chocolate. He, now he has another boy in his apartment. He's drugged. He's taking pictures and he's kind of rubbing his chest. But the cops show up stating that one of his neighbors can see into his mirror and that he's a minor and he's taking pictures of him. The cops force their way inside, find the boy, find the pictures and arrest him. He says also in a narration that in a fucking sense of tragedy that that boy's brother would later on become one of his victims. That is actually true. Yeah. Now he was arrested. This is while he was living with his grandma. Um, apparently, like in 1986 is when this actually happened. Yeah. Um, he was uh, arrested and charged with public exposure after being accused of masturbating in public. And then he served 10 months in jail and was arrested soon after his release after sexually fondling a 13-year-old boy in Milwaukee, which is the one that they're talking about there. And that's where he got the five years probation. But that was after convincing the judge that he actually needed therapy. So he's really good at talking his yeah. way out of things and playing the sympathy card. And if I could just interject this, they do this. They say May 23rd, 1989, Dahmer is convicted of sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. He's sentenced to work release program and five years probation. Yeah, so that actually happened around 86. Okay. Um, Before he moved into the apartment. So the entire time he was in the apartment, he was under probation and that was like, part of that I think may have been the final straw that made him want to move out of his grandma's house Oh, yeah, because, I mean, he's eventually going to get busted. He knew that. Well, there's, he keeps doing there is that. And then also, I mean, how many more crimes are you going to start stacking up before your grandma's going to tell you, get the fuck out? Yeah, exactly. And if there's going to be one straw that breaks the camel's back, I'm pretty sure getting busted molesting a 13-year-old boy would be the thing yes. that would make a family member give up on you. Well, and he also has his now his first meeting with his parole officer, and that is our next clip. As your probation officer, it's my responsibility that you understand an important part of the court ruling. That is, you must not have any interaction with anyone under 18 years of age. Is this clear? Yeah, I know. Good. Um, excuse me, there's no smoking in a government building. So, tell me about yourself. What do you want to know? Let's start with your family. My family sucked. I really don't remember a lot about my childhood. All I can remember is fights, fights. My dad got a new girlfriend. It just seemed like a couple months later... I came home one day and there was an empty house. It had moved away. Everyone was gone. When's the last time you made contact with your father? I don't know. It's been a long time. And your mother? Years. Is there anything about your childhood that's bothering you? What was it like growing up with your parents? I remember I used to get punished a lot. Is there anything else that stands out? 
No. Jeff, there was nothing you could do as a child. Now you're an adult, so you must put things into perspective. Although you may be a product of your past, you are not being held responsible for anyone's actions but your own. The sooner you understand this, the sooner you'll start to get better. Hmm. Well, I think that'll do it for our first visit. I want you to get yourself into counseling and start attending AA meetings. And remember, absolutely no association with anyone under 18. And please try and have a better attitude next time. Damn, she read him the right act. Yes, and she read it very woodenly off of a clipboard because she is the worst actress in this film. Exactly. So, uh, JD at this point comments how it's becoming easier to fool people. At one point, a woman drops her groceries and just hands her baby off to Jeff to hold while she collects them. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's may have world. that may have actually happened, but I don't think that that's that's not the case. I think that's just them trying well, to point out that you know anybody could be a serial killer at any time. Well, and I think it's it, it, who knows it may have happened. I mean, this is a different time. Would you go with any strangers to their home when you like the first night you meet them? I mean, for 150 bucks, you don't know what you <laughs> would do. Uh, I mean, what about a Klondike bar? Uh, <laughs> And then it cuts to, it says, between June 1990 and July 22nd, 1991, Dahmer's rampage period, 13 young men were brutally murdered and dismembered in apartment 213. Oh, see, yeah, you should have known why we were doing this on uh, yes. episode 213. Uh, JD meets another guy and offers him $150 for pictures. Later on, he states while the man's passed out, he wanted to make a zombie. He drills a hole into the man's head and wants to put in like a chlorine form mix something uh he says he it, th- it was a acid and yeah. um formaldehyde it, it wasn't formaldehyde it was like a type of acid it says in the film and then yeah. like water yeah but um he tried everything like he injected acid he tried battery acid he tried boiling water he used to try pouring yeah. boiling water into their brains and stuff to he, see if it would work he he did put that in there but the man had a seizure so he chokes him to death and then dumped the parts in a big trash bin outside of his apartment um we have a neighbor who's beginning not to be too happy with the smell in the apartment complex and that is our next clip anybody home hello in there this is your neighbor hello in there anybody home yeah what's going on look me trust this horrible smell with me nose all through the hall and it looked like it coming from here well you see i've been having a problem with my refrigerator okay i have a rumpros that went bad and it's stinking up my whole place Okay, I'm sorry. Well, my goodness, why don't you buy some air freshener or something, man? It really stinks. <sighs> Look, I'm doing everything I can. I'm taking the rump roast, and I'm putting it in a bag, and I'm sealing up the bag, and I'm going to throw it out with the garbage. Now, I've already opened my windows, and I'm fanning everything out, okay? I'm doing everything I can. Well, what was it, man? A whole side of beef? No, I told you, it's just a little rump roast, all right? Well, you need to do something, man. It really stinks. Well, I'm sorry. I'm doing everything I can. Well, do Something, you son of a bitch. Me can't believe you got the whole place stinking up like this. What the hell is a rump roast anyway? Me can't believe this kind of thing go on in a building like this. Stink up the whole damn place. Me just don't believe it. Look, I can't make it, okay? I've tried and tried. I owe money all over town and I'm drowning in debt. Well, what about approaching your father for a small loan? He threw me out of my grandmother's house. He's not going to give me a cent. I'm dealing with a nightmare. And now I'm having a problem with, with my sexuality. What exactly bothers you? I think it's wrong, all right? You have to accept what you are. Think about it. Look, I know it's wrong. I can't do anything about it. I'm attracted to men. And if I told my dad, he'd hate me even more than he does now. I think you need counseling more than ever. Someone to help you sort out your feelings. 
Look, there's nothing anyone can do about my sexuality, all right? I am what I am. I've never been attracted to a woman, and I've never had a relationship with a woman. You have a serious problem, young man. You better get your ass in counseling immediately. Yeah, immediately, young man. Oh, boy. So the neighbor is a bad actress as well, but I still think that the parole officer is by far the worst actress in this film. Parole officer is the worst. Yeah. That is uh, that is a fact. So. <laughs> uh, let's see here. All right. We, uh, we see Jeff entertaining another guy. This guy is complaining about the smell. Uh, Jeff makes an excuse that it's a busted toilet. The guy wants to go, and he realizes he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, so Jeff comes up behind him and slices his throat. Uh, uh, we cut to Jeff then with a hustler. Uh, he says he's wearing pictures. Male prostitute. Yes. Yeah, well, they call each other hustlers. I'm just going by the movie. I know, but still, that's... Yeah, they're male prostitutes. Well, male prostitutes or a guy in a gay club that yeah. will get it on for money or different things. It's a, it's These are hard economic times. Right. But like, just because a guy in a gay club might be hustling yeah. doesn't necessarily make them a male prostitute. I gotcha. They're not always on the take it's just that at this particular moment well, they're so gonna do it for me money. calling them hustlers the best so you you put it i am correct pro- i'm correcting myself okay yes but, fred garvin male prostitute however i have nothing against sex workers of any sort no. so long as they are willing participants and of legal age and are safe well yes you always want to make sure that they sex with a dead thing of course of course <laughs> living draw dog it all you want mostly because i put my penis inside of you bareback um he gives the guy beer and he passes out and then jd hits him in the head with a hammer he then tells the guy that he will set him free but to never tell anyone or call the cops if he does he will kill him and his family and he knows where to find him the guy tells the cops anyway and as they're knocking on the door trying to see if jeffrey is there we hear one cop saying you've already snitched for us before and it turned out to be nothing so when jeffrey doesn't answer the door the cops do not believe uh the hustler so he gets away with that one yeah i don't know how many of these actually happened but i know that there were a few victims that got away and then either couldn't find the house again because they were drugged and didn't know what happened but they lived yeah or or at least disappeared somewhere else and something else happened to them while drugged or but it couldn't get traced back to jeffrey directly i don't know how many of them there actually were but there is one confirmed case of one getting away and then jeff sweet talking the cops into letting him take the person back that comes up later and that's because old cops are bumbling dummies you are absolutely right matt clip <laughs> uh jd gets a call from his mom sending him into a tailspin as it's been five years since he's heard from her she said now she works with aids patients out in california and can now understand what jeffrey's been going through uh since many of those people are also homosexuals she gets another call on the line and says she has to take it and she'll call him back uh but never leaves him a number where he can call her but she does ask but she doesn't do yeah it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, and that causes it to a tailspin. That leads to Jeffrey meeting with his PO officer again in our next clip. What's going on, Jeff? She called me. Who called you? After five years, my mother called me. What did she say? She's uh, working out in California somewhere with AIDS patients or something. She called to tell me she loved me. She knew I was gay, but she loved me. And how does that make you feel? I feel like she just called to rip out the last of my feelings. What do you mean? She didn't even leave her phone number. 
Why didn't you ask her for it? Uh, there was someone at the door. I don't know. There, there just wasn't time. So you think she abandoned you all over again, right? That's exactly right. She just did it to smooth her little guilt trip, to just soothe her own guilt. That's that's the only reason case closed. Jeff, you know she'll call back. She still must love you, or she wouldn't have called in the first place. I feel pissed off. I, I just can't take it anymore. You know, I feel like just jumping off a building or something. You better be in counseling. I can't afford counseling right now. I found someone though, but when I, when I get some money, I'll go to counseling. All right. You have to make it a priority. If you don't, you'll be violating your probation. Okay, okay. I'll make it the number one priority. Also, the probation department dictates that I see your place. Your neighborhood is so bad, so I'm gonna have to get another officer to go with me. And my workload is so immense, I can't tell you when this is gonna happen. It's okay, I, I like any excuse to get out of my neighborhood. First priority, Jeff, counseling. Don't forget. Oh, man, and, and yeah, don't forget. Well, anyway, cuts Jeff now using acid to melt the bodies. While well, he talks uh, about uh, how he started with this fascination, he used to buy chickens from the store and put them in acid until it went down to the bone. And then he moved on to dead cats and such. So that much, part is actually true. Much and like a typical trick of a serial killer, he started with animals. And actually, there's a really, really well done study of the early years of Jeff's life that led up to who he would become. Mm hmm. Uh, it's called My Friend Dahmer, and it's based on the comic book by Der Fackdorf, I think is his name. I know that sounds like a made-up name, but that's his name. All right. Um, who was actually a childhood friend of Jeffrey's. Huh. They were in high school together and things like that. So, And uh, he got about as close as people could get to Dahmer. And so a lot of that is based on his experiences and then some things that they learned later on. So that film actually would make a really good companion piece to this, is giving you like an idea of what his childhood was like and what it actually what happened to him to make him turn out the way that he did. Yeah. So some of the stuff that I'm talking about that I have drawn from that and then also just the plethora of serial killer documentaries and books that I've read in my life and yeah. watched. Of course. <laughs> well, I, I always laugh when people like first meet you, they think like you'll be, when they see your place, because you do have like, because you're into the Universal Monsters, of course, the Universal Studios Monsters and you're into horror movies in general. Yeah. They think you're going to be some big person who's into like to the supernatural like, oh, I, <laughs> I, I remember Remember, people have actually said, though, I bet he's into, like, is he into Ouija boards? Is he into, like, seances? Is, is he fucking into the devil? And I go, no, no, you don't understand. While he enjoys horror movies of all genres, the only thing he's interested in is real people who've done real killings. All that other shit to him is make-believe horror shit that he doesn't have any time for. He has no time for Ouija boards. He has no time for your seances. And he has no time for your devil worship. He's going to tell you to fuck off. Now, if you want to go talking to him about Ten Bundy, he's got some time for you. He's got some time. <laughs> I'll still talk he's, about seances and stuff, but eventually... But I, you're going to mock him. I mean, eventually. If they show too much, like they believe in that too much, you're going to start mocking them. You can't help yourself. <laughs> you really I can't. I want to defend myself, but you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, and you go in, and I'll give you a lot of credit here. For someone who has no time for that kind of shit, you go in with the best intentions. And like, yes. But eventually people just start wearing on you because no matter what About you say. five minutes of it. Yeah. No matter what you say, they're going to be like, yeah, I just know I felt the spirit and they're, you're going to you're gonna snap yourself. You're going to go, no, you fucking didn't. I, I don't know what you felt, but maybe you should turn off a light in a room full of drunks and imagine someone's not going to be grabbing you. So you should file <laughs> charges. 
You didn't feel the spirit that night. You felt you felt drunk chat trying to grab you. <laughs> That's not exactly how I would phrase it, but you're relatively close, so I'll just let it go. <laughs> anyway. Stings a bit. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, now we cut to Jeff's in there with another hustler who is eating some meatloaf that we can only assume is made out of people. He's eating manloaf. Yeah, he's eating manloaf. I don't think Jeffrey cooked with female no. at all, so it's no. all manloaf. And, uh, this guy really likes it, though. He thinks it's the best. Well, he's a hustler. He's used to the taste of man. Yeah. <laughs> well, JD says it's actually just venison that his uncle brings him. And by venison, he means a guy named Ven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And his son. That's what he. That's what he goes. Eh, it's just venison. It's just venison. I'm sorry. Venison. Venison. I mean, this is Milwaukee. If you don't think there's a guy named Sven around there, I got some news for you. All right. <laughs> there's about. There's about. Hey, you know Sven? You'd be like, I know about 25 Svens. All right. You mean Sven Gunderson or Sven Gunderson? <laughs> and if you ask me who Oli is, I know about 30 Olis. Then there's also a Sven Oli Olsen. Yeah. So I don't know who you're fucking talking about uh so he wants to get the guy a beer but the guy says he doesn't mess with beer he doesn't drink only eats then he says let me get you a pop but the guy says he doesn't deal with sugar either he stays away from that so he says he wants to bring him a water and he goes don't worry about it but i will take some more of this food so he says there let me get you some fresh food i have in the oven so you can put the drugs in it comes out gives the guy his next sandwich which he did very obviously drug yes. and did you notice he had a salt shaker of pre-done drugs yes like, he is set he in is his set. house. He knows what shit. he's doing. Uh, the guy says now he's not even all that hungry, but he will take that pop because, fuck. Which Jeffrey gets visibly frustrated, like, yeah. dude, I just drugged a sandwich for you. <laughs> Clip. <I> mean, <laughs> and also, you know, that probably is fucking shit's expensive, even back then. So, you know. Yeah, it's a waste of his drugs. What's he going to do? He's got to trick somebody else into eating a man meat sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Now it has to stay around for a while. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the drug taste is just going to ruin the taste of man meat. Clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you know what? Not that I don't think he's was it he was an evil, disgusting murderer. But this guy, this guy kind of sort of deserved it. <laughs> wow. No one deserved what Jeffrey did to them. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh the guy, of course, you know, he gives the goes again and grabs some pop. Uh, but the uh, of course the guy gets drugged. Uh and as the guy is uh passed out, he lowers the guy into the canister of acid he has in his kitchen. He does it while he's alive, and at one point he's like, I feel like my feet are on fire. My feet are on fire. And then he pushes him more down, down until he covers it up. Now, as far as I understood it, yes, he did torture people. Yes, that did happen. Yeah. But as far as I understood it, a lot of what he did was more like a psychological torture when they were drugged and they couldn't do anything about it, or he would torture them when they weren't able to make a fuss and make a bunch of noise. Yeah. I'm pretty positive that someone's screaming while being shoved into a barrel load of acid, even in a shitty apartment building like he lived in. Yeah. Would have caused enough alarm to where people would have came to the apartment. If someone were yelling, my feet are on fire, probably someone's going to come check it out. More than likely, yes. Yeah. This is a bit of sensationalism for them to try and make a shortcut to show how evil he was, because he did really heinous shit. When there's yeah. descriptions of the ways that people died, because he would come out and be frank about the last moments of everyone's lives as much as he possibly could, uh -huh. and he had enough of a ritualistic thing where he did the same thing almost every victim yeah. at a certain point, but the things that he did were so absolutely horrendous that they couldn't actually show it because it would have taken in a lot of time yeah. if they even just showed one victim. So they had to make shortcuts like this. Yeah. To just basically be like, wow, he was a horrible person. He dissolved someone alive in 
acid while they were conscious of it. Obviously, there's some poetic license being taken with the story. Right, there. and they say they're going to do that yeah. right up front. So, That's totally I mean, fine. at least I'll give them that. You know, besides them, I wish up front they would have said, also, we're going to be pushing the Christian agenda right down your fucking throat. So, you know, just be ready for it. That's somehow a clip. It's going to be somehow a clip. I don't know. <laughs> uh, back at the bar, uh, he's offering another young guy money for pictures. Um, we see the other popular 150 bucks. Uh, yep. We see there's a priest there who's kind of like overhearing this. Uh, the kid is flip-flopping on whether he wants to do it or not and said, yeah, we can do it later. But JD, of course, wants him to come with him now. The kid's still not sure, but when he's kind of seems like he's going to be leaving, JD gets a phone call at the bar. As he picks up, he keeps saying, hello, hello, hello. No one's saying anything. He looks over and he sees a priest, that, that same priest sitting there on the phone laughing at him. And then the kid leaves. All of this is horseshit. I don't know of anything yeah, like but, this. Uh, the only thing I can think of is like the priest was looking to pick up kids. So, and he knows like Jeffrey, he sees Jeffrey picking up dudes. So, well, it's kind of hard for the priest to pick up a little boy whenever Jeffrey's getting them yeah, all out so of the Yeah, so I was like, uh, that's the only thing I could think of why that scene happened. Chicken hawk competition? Yeah. Either that or they were just ham-fistedly trying to show that God's still here and intervening and trying to save some of the young men. Oh, God. I'm sure that's what they were doing. Fucking shit. God damn it. Oh, they, that is probably <laughs> exactly right. It's really hilarious that it's angering you to this extent, but I'm just like, yeah, that they do this. Yeah. Uh, Fucking yeah. Christians, they ruin everything, even including my serial killer biopics. <laughs> I'm used to it by now. You fuckers ruin everything in life. Hey, hey, hey. What do you mean, you fuckers? I mean, you religious folks. You ruin everything for everyone else. All right. The slightest hint of your privilege being taken away, and you just freak out and overthrow an entire government and bow down to Russia to make it happen. Jesus, man. Stings a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, all right. Because it's accurate. I don't like it, but it's close enough, so I won't (laughs) argue with it. (laughs) Stings, though. Real stings. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we both we both heard some hard truths tonight. <laughs> Have to re-examine our purposes. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, uh, Jeff uh, meets a man who is deaf and convinces him to let him take some pictures of him, of course. Uh, while the guy is waiting for Jeff to come back, he's checking out his apartment, uh, and he sees some young men magazines, and he's going through that. Uh, while behind him, JD is mocking him, uh, saying how he's going to kill kill him, running his drill, all that kind of, or his saw. It was like an electric saw. It's a sawzall because it saws all. Yeah. And all that before cutting off his head. Again, I don't know if any of his victims actually were deaf or if this was just a shortcut to show his cruelty. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that much of a deep dive into it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just basically am going by what I have read and then some of the stuff that I have up online in front of me just to kind of like clarify my remembrance of this. Yeah, he's cruel. We know. But this was just yet another shortcut to yeah. show how cruel he is. Yeah. Uh, later on, uh, Jeff makes a call to a woman. He sounds like he's struggling and all that, but eventually he says that her son is dead. He knows because he killed her son. Again, not the sort of thing that I think Jeffrey would have done. I think this is just another shortcut to show that he's being cruel. Yeah, because I, most... I know this This is what serial killers would do. Yes, a lot of serial killers did this, especially the sexually sadistic ones. Yeah, the ones who are sadistic, like really, really, I mean... Right, and I don't know if that 
that actually happened or if maybe somebody else did that and then they're just attributing that to Jeff and they just left it in the movie or yeah. for what? Unfortunately, you know, Jeff was targeting hustlers and homosexual men in the late 80s, early 90s. In Milwaukee. So in Milwaukee, where most people are going to care when those people go missing at that time. Unfortunately. You no, know, if those were 13 straight people who went missing at that time in the same city who were all missing, then we're going to get... you're gonna Some get, of them disproportionately black and gay. Yes. Oh, and of course, yeah. Black. Or Asian, too. Like, yeah. yeah. In, in some cases It's even well. going to be... That's even... Not that, even a lot of all, white folks in there, which would even... Yeah. Like, like, which, this is yeah. white, straight folks, though. You'd have all the alerts up. Don't go home with strangers. Walk in pairs. All that shit. You'd have a citywide manhunt. Yeah. Within a matter of two or three missing. Yeah, so he picked his victims MO. well, too, intelligently. He was a hunter. He yeah. knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, that was just something I really thought about when I was like, God, you know, all these men are still leaving with another man. I get it. Maybe times are tough. You need the money or whatever. But they're still leaving with a stranger when there has to be disappearances, especially in a two-year time frame like this. And no one and, in the clubs notices that when people leave with Jeff to yeah. go take pictures, they don't come back. And this before maybe even that community was as tightly knit as it is now because now now they'd even watch out for themselves but uh, I mean Milwaukee in the fucking 80s you know forget about it well and how many people even knew because I mean how many people just disappear because they go run off and move to another city because yeah. something bad may have happened especially or that most of these people are probably excommunicated from their families and they got nobody else or yeah. something like that and it's so a I mean yeah I mean no one's looking for them this is why it's so important to yeah. become an ally of those communities exactly and to help them out because they can be marginalized uh, in I such mean a way. it's when you really start thinking about how sad that fucking was back then. No, this fucking breaks my heart. Just yeah. talking about that has brought me down massively. I know. Like, I want a here. fucking ball. I do too. Just I'm thinking just about like, it. Like these people died with no one caring about them. Well, we don't know if it was well, no one at all. No but one. But I mean, the possibility. Most likely, better, better the, shot than not. The, the bigger part of society yeah. not even noticing they're gone. Yeah. Just this is really unfortunate. Makes me so fucking livid. That's just fucking just terrible. Uh. Anyway, it's uh, parole officer time, and that is our next clip. You're an hour late. What the hell's wrong with you? I'm sorry. I'm tired, okay? I'm, I've been working too hard. I, my life is a shambles. I just decided last night that's it. I just can't take it anymore. Cut the bullshit. Listen, you look bad. Have you been drinking? According to your file, you're not supposed to be touching alcohol. You're supposed to be going to AA meetings. I'm not fucking drinking, all right? I told you I'm on medication. I'm sick. So my grandmother was sick, and I had to go take care of her, and then I missed work, and my boss called, and I, and I got fired. So now what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Just think about how easy it would be to just step off. So his manipulations are not working on his parole officer anymore because she's tired of hearing the same old bullshit from him when he doesn't do the things she says he needs to do. Yeah. But and not she's parole, so, but probation. Yeah, probate. But she's so backed up, she came and sent him back to jail, probably. Well, it seems like she's frustrated with his lack of doing anything, but he's also a white male, so she's letting him get away with things. Probably that, too. Because she won't benefit from putting him back inside. Yeah. Like she would a different prisoner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we cut to him meeting another guy, again, offering the 150 for picks. He gets him posing while the guy's chugging his soda and... Uh, and kind of vamping it up for him and like really enjoying doing the photos. The yeah, this guy was, was really into the photos. Yeah. Like, you, you know... Kind of a vain you, dude. Well, and he was also he was also what you would call a hustler because he's like, you know, if you want to do more, we can do more. He's trying the upsell. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, he's trying to upsell. Yeah. And uh, he sits down in a chair saying he's spinning, wondering. He's asking Jeff if he's drugged him. Jeff starts uh, locking his wrist down under the chair, and the guy's actually trying to be into it. He's like, yeah, I don't mind this. You know, whatever. And then he goes, it's just going to cost you a lot more. And then the guy passes out, to which Jeff replies, it's going to cost you a lot more. So, Which was a little bit of clever dialogue there. Yeah. yeah. Jeff uh, cuts his head off and puts it in the freezer while whispering to it that he loves it. This is about as close as this movie gets to Jeffrey Dahmer's actual MO. Yeah, because he loved all the pieces of the people. He was infatuated with them. He wanted to collect them. He wanted to keep them, but he also wanted the memory of them. Yeah. And each of these little tokens, and I believe that he generally did think that this was how he was going to show his love, or this is just how, he, how he chose to show his love. he kept them around forever. Right. That it was, would never leave him. That was his whole entire spiel and his whole thing. And this is as close to the methodology this film gets from what I've read of the drugging, basically using the person to be drugged to get away with whatever and then killing them or then killing them and get away with whatever. Yeah. Because necrophilia and cannibalism was something he was definitely all about. Yes. Um, we cut to now it states, the movie states numerous complaints about the stench emanating from Dahmer's apartment were repeatedly ignored. No action was ever taken against him. It's an apartment, slum. an apartment complex in a slum, not like the landlord's going to give a shit. No, the actual apartment complex he was in as well was a like slumlord tenement yeah. place. So they don't care. Not at all. Yeah, and so his neighbors can complain until they're blue in the face and no one's ever going to do anything about it. They'll call the cops. The cops will be like, call your landlord and the landlord's just going to ignore them. So the landlord will pretend to have sent somebody out to deal with it. Yeah. But never actually did it. Exactly. Well, another neighbor comes to complain to him about the smell. And again, he makes up the excuse that it's his toilet overflowing. Uh, as she continues to yell at him, he shuts the door in her face and she threatens to send her son after him. I, I wouldn't do that lady. <laughs> That's the wrong threat to make. You're just giving him what he wants. <laughs> I know right uh we have more experiments in our next clip i had tried another zombie experiment with this kid i picked up on the street i drilled four holes in his head and injected the acid solution but i ran out of beer so i left him unconscious in the apartment and went out to get some more on my way back i saw two ladies trying to help this kid who came to and i guess wandered out on the street and they must have called 911 because there were cops coming from every direction. Suddenly, I was forced to convince the cops to give him back to me. What's wrong? Hey, hey, who are you? This is my lover, okay? I'm just trying to take care of him. He has a drinking problem. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay? Because next time we catch you on the street, we're going to run you in. You understand? Yes, sir. It won't happen again, okay? That is a little boy. I can't believe you guys let him go. I couldn't believe it either. Yeah, operator. Police department, please? No, it's not an emergency. You want to speak to the officer commander of the unit? Yeah, hi. May I speak to the unit commander, please? This is regarding the, uh, a report I made earlier on Staten 25th. That's right. Tell him he was raped. He was beaten. The little boy who was raped? Officer Gabriche. Uh, listen, I didn't call to speak to you, so can I please speak to your boss or uh, your unit commander or whoever is in charge? No, excuse me. This is my business. I was the one who called, okay? Now, we are going to work. We are going to work on this case until we find out what's going on here. Because you guys did not take a report, first of all. Okay, and we are we are going to we are going to be witnesses to this. But who was that man he left with anyway? A domestic dispute. 
we cut to then Jeff killing that kid, and that becomes one of the more infamous stories of the whole thing. That kid was the younger brother of the kid yeah. he was originally busted molesting. Mm-hmm. Almost both almost got away. Yeah. And the cops let him take him away. Yeah. Now but I've the, heard now stories that this is, is I've heard stories that this has happened a couple of times where someone almost got away. Yeah. Or Jeff talked the cops away when someone was inside that could have been saved. This part I think I know a little bit better where the movie has this happening in the middle of the day, but this was at night. Yeah. When that kid got loose. It was yeah. nighttime. Yes, it was nighttime. And yeah. then also the two women actually witnessed the guy trying to fight Jeffrey off of him. Yes. And defend himself. And the cops ignored him. Yeah, because yeah. the minute Jeffrey said that it was just his lover, they even joke about it and there's like a recording of them making jokes about how yeah. they reunited them or something uh-huh. like that and they, they're basically dismissive of both of them because they were homosexual. Yeah. As far as the cops were concerned, they weren't even people. It didn't matter. Just let of it course. be. Ugh. There's jokes about it as well and the two women that were adamant about trying to stop it or do something about it did actually fight about it and did get very upset about it and uh, held those cops to be accountable once it was later revealed that that boy died because of their yeah. negligence. Good. It's fuck those two. Yeah, and also... Old cops are bumbling dummies. You are uh, absolutely right, man. I'm going to pay for that for a long time. <laughs> we cut to now July 22nd, 1991. Jeff brings home another guy. He gets him a beer. Uh, the guy's already kind of sketchy, scared of everything in Jeff's apartment, the paintings, the, the taxidermy in there, all that kind of stuff. Well, justifiably so, because Jeff had a very satanic look to everything. He had yeah. altars built up with actual human skulls. And uh-huh. if you've ever seen the actual photos of what his apartment looked like, even if you just thought that they were human bones that he found some other way without, you know, digging people up or, or by digging people up or something like that. When you go into somebody's apartment like that for the very first time and you're already kind of a little nervous about your safety, when you see the like way his apartment looked in the photos, uh-huh. he had every right to be a little nervous and scared. Yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. Listen, it's the same way I felt walking into your place the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Things have toned down when I started living with my wife, yes. so you've and, and never even what, seen it at its what, worst. What I'm saying is, if it weren't for the, the, the bubbly, really upbeat attitude of your now wife, who was then your girlfriend when I first met you, I probably would have stayed there for more than five minutes, but she's <laughs> just so friendly. <laughs> and that's how court brought everyone in. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, they start haggling on price and the guy starts feeling the effects of the drugs. As the guy tries to leave, uh, Jeff threatens the guy and says he just wants to show him some pictures. And so he says, okay, show me the pictures of your friends. Ends up being pictures of the victims. The guy's able to fight his way out of the apartment. It's important to note that he pulls a knife on him to subdue him, even though the drugs are sort of working. But probably Jeff at this point so hammered drunk that even a guy drugged up is able to fight his way off of him. And he also feels the end is coming anyway and I yeah. feel like he let this particular person I believe their name is Tracy Edwards yes I believe he let them go because I think he was ready to be caught it was just too much for him and he just couldn't control himself anymore and yeah. he just kept getting sloppier and a lot of serial killers do have that like I can't stop myself so I need to get caught drive it's some people think the BTK killer had that that's why I mean he was pretty much you couldn't it, get much more bag. sloppier than what he was doing I mean, he, but, but he had it in the bag he could have been free and clear he hadn't killed anybody and he sent another thumb drive to the police that pretty much gave him a roadmap of how to catch him even yes. though he hadn't killed anybody yes I mean that is just fucking okay and then we found out America's principal dad was a fucking serial killer that motherfucker looked like you know 
just the weirdest dude who's going to tell you to get off his lawn. That's the worst <laughs> he was going to do. Keep talking about him. I'm going to find a BTK movie and make you do it. I remember uh, my wife and I, we spent a Sunday watching his, uh, like a documentary about his his killings. And then it was mixed in with like the live court recordings. And we're there. <laughs> yep. That, I mean, if you find that one, uh, my wife and I will watch that again. I'm not we doing talk- a documentary. I'm going to find a sleazy exploitative oh, film oh, like this. Of course. Yeah. Well, there you go. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the uh, as uh, the man fights his way out, he finds police, and that is our final clip. I had always been able to talk my way out of these jams before, but I began to tidy up the apartment just in case. On the surface, I was thinking that I'd be able to charm my way out of getting caught again, but at a much deeper level, I knew that the end had come. It was such a relief to think about the end. Milwaukee police, open up. Is this the place, sir? 213, this is it. Milwaukee police, open up now. Can you give us a description of the guy, sir? I told you before, he's a tall guy, blonde hair, and he's got blue eyes. Kick it in. Get down on the floor now, sir. Get your fucking head on the floor now, blow it off. Now, Blind on the floor. What the fuck are you doing now? Get down on the floor. Get this bullshit. Stay on the floor, motherfucker. What the fuck's going on, man? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's it, man. Man, he showed me pictures of people he had killed. Fuck you, man. You fucking liar. They're all mutilated and stuff. Fucking liar. You're staying in hell down. You're going to bleed this fucking asshole. Ralphie, you smell that? Check it out. Can I just say something here? You're staying in the fuck what are you doing? What, what did I here? do? Jeffrey Dahmer, huh? Headquarters, this is Unit 11 Baker. Uh, I need a warrant search on a one Jeffrey Dahmer. That's 924. North 25th Street, uh, apartment uh, 213. So we got bones and chemicals over here. What's a fucking animal bones, man? Fucking animal bones. There's nothing illegal about that. So what'd he do, kid? He, try- he tried to kill me. Bullshit, man. He drugged me and-, and then he put a knife to my throat. Fucking liar. Liar. Fucking liar. What the fuck did I do, man? Damn, what you got, Rob? There's something riding over here in this barrel. What's in the barrel? My fucking laundry, man. It's my laundry. All right? Fucking nothing, man. Nothing wrong. Shut up. I haven't done anything. Just stay the fuck down. Hey, you got a search warrant, man? You got a search warrant? You got a fucking search warrant? You got to show me a fucking search warrant right fucking now, man. Sir, we got body parts in this refrigerator, sir. Headquarters, I need a supervisor, sergeant, lab crew, everybody. 924 North 25th, 213. Immediately. Body parts. You sick pervert. I was a trapped animal. I knew it was the last time I would see my apartment. They were going to take away all my friends. And I'd never see him again. I blame the devil for what I've done. Because I realize what I've done is my guilt. Obviously a higher power than myself had been fed up with my deeds. And decided it was time for me to be stopped. I did what I did not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I was sick or evil or both. But I should have stayed with God. I tried and failed and I created a holocaust. I know society will never be able to forgive me. I know the families of the victims will never be able to forgive me. I pray God will forgive me. Fuck you. 
Yeah, I'm already shouting that over top of the clip yeah. over muted. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, man, anybody Obviously who puts- a higher power than me, the script writer, decided yeah. that this is how I was going to get caught. Anybody who pushes executive agendas looking to make a buck from Christians, that's all. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Exploitative uh, as shit. Yeah. Well, we come with some more words on the screen here where it states, this is at the time, remember, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, 33 years old, is currently serving 15 consecutive life terms in the Wisconsin prison system with a minimum sentence of 936 years. Dahmer confessed to killing and dismembering 17 persons and was found to be sane by a jury in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in February of 1992. Subsequently, Dahmer has been convicted for his first killing in Ohio of a hitchhiker, Stephen Hicks, and has received another life sentence for that murder. Uh, This film is dedicated to the memory of Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, victims, including the... Do you want me to list them off? Uh, you think no, that's that, fine. We don't need to list them all. We off. Don't it's in the video. It's yeah, fine. it's in the video. Uh, but we all, we'll get one another shout out to the person that Tracy, survived, Tracy, Tracy Edwards, Edwards yeah. who helped bring it all to an end. And roll credits. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the number of victims and everything. What I'm trying to do is not sensationalize it any more than what this film has already done. Yeah. Because listing off all of those names of the victims was something that they may or may not have been forced to do by the families because this film came out roughly a year after the trial was done. Yeah. I mean, he's still alive and it's not like Jeff lasted all that long in prison. Well, yeah, it was yeah. within like another year or so. I think, yeah, or he, I like think he left two years in prison before he got. Well, somebody tried it in like 94 and then they tried again like shortly yeah. after that a couple of months later and the guy's name was Christopher Scarver who did end up killing him um, I know that because of the macabre album about Jeffrey's life um, but it was a barbell or like a dumbbell or something like a barbell from like the weight room or whatever the guy beat Jeffrey Dahmer and somebody else to death with it yeah um, I don't know if they were trying to get at Jeffrey and the person just got in the way and was collateral damage trying to keep him from killing him or yeah. what but that, the, that Jeffrey was murdered just like shortly after with a barbell which is fitting considering that that's how he apparently killed his first victim. Yep. Now, we've talked about it, and yes, this film is very much sensationalizing all of that. Yes, Jeffrey did become a quote-unquote born-again Christian in prison, but everybody pretty much that goes into prison looks for something to alleviate the guilt of what it is that they've done if they are, in fact, criminals and not just got busted for weed. Um, I've, I listened to a podcast by a guy named Jim Cornette. I don't know if you know who he is. I know Jim Cornette. Okay. Yeah. And Jim Cornette says very one of the famous best, wrestler yes, and then a, turned uh, commentator. He was well, he's a manager turned commentator. Yeah. yeah. Ran his own promotion, all that. Jim Cornette has one of the best lines. He goes, Have you ever noticed how every asshole in the world, when they've ran out of people to be assholes to, become born and green Christians because God's the only one's going to want to hang out with you? And then he says this about Shawn Michaels. He goes, Hi, Shawn. Born again. Wasn't a fan the first time. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's unfortunately how I feel when someone's like, I'm a born again Christian. I go, oh, so you've burned every fucking bridge in life. And now you expect everyone to let you back in because now you say you have all of a sudden this relationship with God. I don't buy it. I think most of the time it's bullshit just to get in other people's lives again. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That, that covers just about everything that I was going to say about the whole born again Christian in, in prison thing. And also now it was a way to try and make amends, I suppose, or, or whatever it's supposed to be. Now, one important thing I wanted to go into with this story. I remember 
remember the night this news broke. You were living in Wisconsin. I lived in Wisconsin. Now, I lived on the other side of the state. Yeah. But uh, I was having a sleepover at a friend's, and my friend had a camper set up in his backyard. Oh, it went nationwide. I remember when it broke, too. Uh, We were watching Saturday Night Live on the TV in this this kid's camper, and they broke in with the disturbing discovery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But you get a couple of little kids, there's like four of us in there, in a trailer, you know, separated from the house, and we're kind of watching this, and they were pretty hardcore about the details on the news. Even the story just breaking. This is like the start of the 24-hour news cycle, yeah, this kind of shit. They yeah. went right into that there might be issues of cannibalism, multiple body parts. It was like... They a, talk about what's inside the barrel yeah. as it's being dragged out, the freezers as they're yeah, being dragged out, everything. And what's yeah. in there. I mean, yeah. they had all this stuff, and, and some maybe was correct, some may not have been correct, but they were blowing the shit out of this. And we all got fucking... All of a sudden, like any like thing you hear outside, yeah, becomes like fuck. And so we all just scattered up, went right inside my friend's house, locked the door. But we watched TV the rest of the night until that coverage is over. We didn't sleep, yeah, because we kept the TV on because we're like we knew. I mean, we were kids, but we knew we were seeing something that was going to be important, yeah, something that's a lot of people were going to talk about forever. And we're in the same state; it's happening. So then you get that little jolt of oh shit, man, that's kind of exciting, yo. Fuck, we're known for something. Now, we didn't know we're going to be known for that, but... <laughs> Two of the finest serial killers. Yes. Cannibal murders and necrophiliacs yeah. that have ever been known to mankind, at least in the United States, are from your state. Yeah, you're Ed welcome. Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey. I would submit to you the only good thing to come out of Wisconsin is hey. your serial killers. If it weren't for our state, you wouldn't even have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Well, that's Ed Gein, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm just saying. And Psycho. And Psycho, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was a huge influence on that stuff. But back to Jeffrey Dahmer yes. and the media but circus. I just wanted to that is I have that memory is still fresh in my head yeah. I remember being in yeah. that camper I remember the smells of everything but that is how big that moment was oh it was huge yeah I remember seeing it all the way in Pennsylvania as a kid on and, TV when it broke over Saturday Night Live yeah. yeah and then like my parents were talking about it the next day everyone was talking about it the next day no one could not talk about Jeffrey Dahmer and then, and then, and then it's it did, what started my obsession with serial killers was yeah. that news being broken over Saturday Night Live like that yeah I, I still was so, remember that grainy I was so fascinated footage. trying to like understand how they got away with it for so long what what's going on like I just was like it was just it blew my mind and I was just so obsessed with it for the longest time what well, I remember like it, like the, like sensationalism and I, I'm, I'm, it's not that the news oh, Donahue all yeah. of those daytime not, talk shows went like, nuts about this not even the news said this but then you know the kids in school make up their own versions like do you hear he had like like 25 heads on spikes in his apartment what they used to talk body about how, parts everywhere and he they, was gnawing I, on one of them. I remember them talking about how he had like a bunch of dudes junk like collected in a fucking uh, pot or something yeah. like that that like you would make spaghetti in oh, in Jesus. his freezer. Oh, you, you know what I mean? Like people I never were making, heard that one. Yeah, people were making all sorts of shit up like that. Like, the kids they, were they found, when I grew up around. Yeah. They found like sloppy, bloodied all body parts in his bathtub that he was going to use acid to dissolve, but he hadn't gotten to it yet. It was a mess and all that. It, yeah. You know, it was. Yeah, people made up a whole oh, bunch of yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but that was the first time I remember being, being a part of something like that. You know, that kind of mass hysteria. Yeah. And then everyone's 
started about talking about cannibalism yeah. and is there a cannibal living in because of how he looked because he did look so fucking normal you know is he where is he you know where i mean is he gonna be in your neighborhood and all that kind of stuff yeah and, he just looked like a normal average everyday nerdy dorky kind of guy that yeah. nobody really paid much attention to well, he's he was so gone i mean why would you be scared of him any yeah. any person of any decent size could beat the shit out of him all right so we need to talk about the film production okay at the time that this movie was made this was made like right during the trial or shortly after the trial yeah they made this film in secret because there was a bunch of people rushing because of this like huge media fervor over jeffrey dahmer well yeah and like all the daytime tv talk shows had like the victim's families on they had jeffrey dahmer's father and mother on they would try and get his grandmother on they would get his brother on whoever they could interview and all these different people and they kept having these shows on and on and on about them a week later late night hosts snl in living color they're all making jeffrey dahmer jokes for crying out loud yeah it became a zeitgeist for the for that particular time now this movie rushed into production in like 92 like shortly after he had gotten Uh busted and uh the trial had been happening and they finished by about 93 and they did this completely in secret Mm -hmm. it also is during the time of the la riots that they filmed this oh fuck so like from what i understand i listened to some of the commentary up to a certain point and then i just shut it off what a fucking time to be alive in that world well here's the funny thing about this when they went to go into the production they had everything scheduled they had everything bought and paid for they had all the stuff rental agreements squared away and paid for and part of the riots burned down the place that had all their cameras they were going to rent so they had to scrounge to get a new camera oh shit some of the sets where they were going to set up got burned down or something like that like a bunch of shit got burned down in the la riots in hollywood yeah well yeah so they had to scrounge to be able to get them film made but they were able to do it and then as they were getting it completed they did it in secret because a bunch of other people were talking about doing jeffrey dahmer biopics yeah but once the families got wind of this kind of stuff no i don't want to speak ill about the families but some of them did use the tragedy to try and get money for what happened and also to gain notoriety this was something that happened in the news cycle at the time yeah and i'm not saying it was all of the families and i don't know all of it personally to be able to say any specific names and i wouldn't do that anyway yeah but it if you go back and look at some of the footage you can kind of figure out who it is yeah yeah right no problem because of the ones that show up on the shows all the goddamn all time all the time now they got wind of this production after it was trying to basically find a release so these guys got roped into like donahue and all those other types of shows at the time uh-huh. and so the families were confronting them and the big you know crazy like jerry 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 yeah, screaming yeah. at each other you know steve has to break everything up this whole media circus <laughs> and they were just trying to get a theatrical release and they were really just trying to do i mean the film itself is pretty much a straight biopic it doesn't really go too over the top with the sensationalism it's exactly as horrific as it needs to be about the subject matter that it needs to be and yeah. i don't think it's super exploitative in that aspect yeah the only thing that's exploitative is the whole go with god like christianity agenda that they're pushing on top of that yeah instead of just telling a straight biopic everything else i think if the people would have seen the film yes it's about their family members who were murdered but it also shines light on some of the things that that happened and just tells the story but I'm, nobody's going to be happy about that when it's your family members yeah. totally understandable but anyway this film was boycotted and just like just a huge pile of trouble everything about it uh, never got a theatrical release it did get a vhs release and you will not believe or maybe you will the video company that ended up doing the release of this matt who did it dead alive productions oh, i believe it that's not peter jackson's dead alive oh, Productions. Okay. that's somebody else who did dead alive productions and released stuff in the united states out of mesa arizona also tied 
tied in with, and I wonder if this name will become familiar for you, Fox F-O-X-X Entertainment Enterprises. Why have I heard that before? Traces of Death. Motherfucker. Yes. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was like his, one of his other companies that he had, but that Damon Fox guy that we talked about with Traces of Death. Yeah. Dead Alive Productions are also the people that released all of the Traces of Death mockumentary, documentary things that were just footage of people being mutilated yeah. or, or dying yes. for real. That was horseshit. Yeah. yeah. So this company was also releasing that, which cemented the idea that this was a sleazebag, sleazy film. Yeah. What this essentially is, is a TV movie of the week with extra gore. Yeah. That's all this film really is. It really is. was. But all of the controversy and all the craziness around it, then it gets released to video by Dead Alive Productions, and it ends up in my video store right around in the same section of horror that yeah. the, the Traces of Death stuff that ended up, that I ended up renting in that same yeah. video store that couldn't even afford the really good stuff. <laughs> like the, like yeah. the, the well-made films that got like the like three on a meat hook and shit like that that yeah. nobody else wanted to watch. That video store that I loved, don't yeah. get me wrong, <laughs> it shaped who I am. That's how I first saw this film. Within another year, like by 94, I was able to rent this nice. from that store. That's I think amazing. it's about the time that this got released. Yeah. So this film just has a huge troubled production and it's piggybacking on the controversy trying to hope that it can sell and basically become like a movie of the week kind of thing or just get released to theaters and ends up getting dumped on video by the same company that released The Traces of Death That's because of the sensationalism and the exploitation factor that came about from the families being so outraged and the news cycle gobbling it up that how could you be so sick to make this movie? That's fucking hilarious. Tons and tons of controversy. Now, the reason I stopped listening to the commentary, and this is the last thing I got to say about this movie, uh, is partway through the commentary, at one point, the writer and the guy who played Dahmer makes one of those like <laughs> kind of complainy voices where you're making fun of somebody for saying something horrible. Uh, oh, yeah. Not about the families, but about people who are complaining at them on one of these talk shows that how could you do such a thing? It's so exploited uh, and everything. And then he's like, look, it's not like I actually did anything. I'm just making a movie about it and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And after he said that, I'm like, I no longer care what you have to say. Yeah, you you fucking suck. Yeah, and I shut off the commentary and I'm like, yeah. you know what you did. Yeah, you know. You're trying to justify it in retrospect. You know exactly what you did. What an asshole. <laughs> okay, so do you have anything else you want to say about the movie? No, or? the one thing I wanted to get out about it was my memory of hearing about the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my, I, I, the movie, give or take, I, I didn't really enjoy it. It's it's a Again, it's a movie of the week yeah, TV type movie I, I with did, a little extra gore. It's really not that great. I didn't really enjoy it. It sucks that I hear the guy who played Dahmer said that on the commentary because I thought I felt he was the only good spot in the whole movie. Well, he wrote I, it and yeah. he started it and yeah, he is the highlight of the I didn't know film. he wrote it too. Yeah. I, I, I just knew uh, as an actor, I was like, he's about the only real decent actor in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did a, a not bad job, but now I don't really give a shit what he did. <laughs> um, I, my main thing that I took away watching this is the memory of that night yeah. of when the cops found everything. Well, this movie's banking on your memory yeah. of all of this horrible it stuff and trying to get the secret in. story behind yeah. what happened. And just yeah. coming in and just remembering all the rumors and the, 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 the stories and then how the truth was not as bad as some of the rumors you heard, but it's still pretty fucking bad. And yeah. then as you get older and you really start to read up on it and the amount of times he could have been stopped and he wasn't and the amount of times that people went missing and they nobody ever cared that they went missing. And because he was predatory in a community that, yeah, that, that was not marginalized. Marginalized. Yeah. And yeah. that made you feel fucking extra shitty. And Especially now that you realize like how much easier he would have been caught had he not been going in that community. Yeah, right. Even if he was killing like straight white female prostitutes, oh my he God, probably would have been, 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 been busted a lot faster. Cops would have been all over uh, areas where there are prostitutes. Yeah. And 
and and to make sure that uh, they were safe. I mean, how fuck you know? It's just these people were dealt. They're looked as less than. This what happens when you look at a particular section of society as less than human. You make them more susceptible to being attacked. And they're trying to take it back to those days yeah, oh, in yeah. America now, and yeah. we're not going to let that happen. No, no, That's we ridiculous. can't. We can't because this is what happens. I mean, and because all you fucking magna hats are doing are fucking making it so that some predator can now look at this community of people who you don't want to think of as, as people and knows that you can attack them. You're, why are you even appealing to them? A, they don't listen to this show, and no, B, that's true. you're not going to change their fucking cult minds. You know, I just, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> the one MAGA hat the fucker that made it this far. And he just went, you know what? Holy shit, Matt, you're right. No, that's no, not going to happen. No, he's he going to unsubscribe. He called me a cuck and told me to leave. <laughs> he's probably going to call me a cuck and tell me to go back where I came from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I can't. There are cannibals up there. I can't go back where I came from. <laughs> Did you not listen to the review? <laughs> Have you just not watched the movie? <laughs> While I convince Matt to go back to where he came from in Wisconsin, just because I know there may still be cannibals there. <laughs> We're going to take a little break here. We're going to have uh, another promo. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of The Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer. And when we come back, we'll have some PSYOP news. Doms and subs, masters, mistresses, and slaves, owners and pets, daddies, mommies, and littles, primals and prey, switches, heathens, kinksters and deviants. Welcome to Legion After Dark. Legion After Dark is a movie review podcast with a kinky twist. I'm your host, Lady M, and every episode I'll be reviewing a movie with a BDSM or kink theme. I'll also be talking about books, sex toys, bondage equipment, all the fun things that make life grand. I'll be featuring a different kink each episode, and I'll even give you a song to sing to. So join us on Legion After Dark, coming soon to Legion Podcast Network. suggestion. You don't have to actually try and do that while they're singing it on the fucking song. Actually, it was more looking. It was appropriate of one of your screen or one of your desktop themes is Bub eating uh, flesh while doing the Dahmer's beat song. So I was like, that? That's about when he was in high school. He used to, he basically made fun of a dude that he saw that had cerebral palsy to get attention. Yeah. So like he wasn't making fun of him to the kid's face. He was just like emulating something that he saw to get attention. And he just started doing that to be the class clown uh, because it's better 
than being the outcast that no one notices or cares about. Yeah. Hence, when other people would do it as well, it was called doing the Dahmer, and a whole club of kids started doing these oh, pranks. Wow. Revolved around that kind of shit. I see. Yeah. You know what I would like to see, Matt? What's that? You give me some Psyop news. comes uh, right out of her own state. Um, oh, joy. I can't wait. What kind of fuckery will be seats us? <laughs> Nebraska ranks 50th in America's sexiest state survey. That's not even in the group. That's something that so, someone you know posted. Yeah, well, the, the, actually, so, like, a lot of people posted this. Okay, fair enough. Well, I don't have... It doesn't have to be from the group. It hasn't always been from the group. It's a horseshit fucking clickbait article. I know, but it's... And this is different than the other things that we normally <laughs> yeah, put in the show at Psyop What the fuck are you talking about? I will have you know that I single-handedly tried to keep this fucking state looking sexier. <laughs> and it's just not happening because none of you fuckers will do what I tell you. <laughs> well, ouch. Not even Marlon Brando could save Nebraska from getting voted as the least sexy state in America in a survey conducted by Big 7 Travel. Big 7 Travel, a company that creates food, travel, and hotel related content asks their social audience of 1.5 million to get insight of where they think America's most beautiful people are located. The company says survey respondents were given no specifications of the term sexy, so interpretation of the word was up to them. <laughs> Illinois came in as the sexiest state. Really? Illinois? This is fake news. Uh, followed by Colorado and Florida. Nebraska, unfortunately, came in last place. Uh, so, holy shit, man. I mean, well, what are we supposed to do about that um it's a huge fucking state and if you've ever driven across it i'm not saying that i'm gonna disagree but really i, I mean I, I, we're worse than idaho yeah i mean how the fuck are we worse than idaho i don't know it's because it has that little like skinny little panhandle that goes upwards i have no fucking clue I mean, is it the state that it says the people are not very sexy yeah I, I would fucking agree really i'm glad that my wife was imported from another state because i've seen what you fuckers look like but wait i'm not from here either i know and yet but you my fit- wife is you fit the hideous fucking chud frame don't you oh how fucking dare you sir <clears throat> was a model no you weren't yes i was do i have to post the photo in the group <laughs> it's again and have all of the ladies talk about how gorgeous i look in that do Horse i have shit, to do that photoshop to yeah okay go ahead <laughs> i can tell by the pixels i've seen a few shops in my day you've tried to use this horse shit before but the fact of the matter is i'm a beautiful man and you can't deal with it because you're a hideous fucking chud <laughs> Listen, I know I'm a hideous fucking chud, but you're not a beautiful man, all right? Well, not now. I've let myself go. <laughs> so you're a hideous fucking chud just like the rest of us. Marlon Brando was a good-looking man until he let himself go, and then he turned into a hideous fucking chud, so I don't know why they brought him up. <laughs> I know, right? What Can we read fuck? something else? Fuck yes. this stupid article. I'm finding something else. Fucking I just wanted to say that one. fucking ass. Jesus, you all right over there? I got Botox in my scrotum. That's not news, Matt. We all know that. <laughs> this is like traces of death fucked a porno. Why didn't you say that during the review? Well, you know. Afraid of vaginas? Always looking for Wang, right? This horse sex is a thing. It is. In other horse sex news, does this make me gay? Put it in the butt. I saw everything. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> 
What's with all that asshole creep? Does this make me gay? What is Put it in the butt. <laughs> Scoutmaster Lewis, no! I wasn't oh, going to go shoulder go. deep for real. All right. There you go. There you go. This one comes from uh, Darren Wilson. It's our boy Darren from the Psychosemantic Podcast, also known as the Psychosemantic Cast, also known by a bunch of other names because he can't have less than two names. Yeah. Yeah. This comes from The Guardian. Huge drug bust uh, at Gatwick turns out to be vegan cake mix. Old cops are bumbling dummies. We know, Matt. Come Officers on. left with egg substitute on their faces after discovery of 25 bags uh, of white powder. Uh, Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. A huge drug bust at the Gatwick airport has turned out to be part of a cake. A member of staff from Parisa Vegan Pizzeria was transporting the ingredients in a suitcase when they were stopped by police. And I'm the, going to fuck it to death. The suitcase? That makes no okay. sense. The white powder, which was divided into blue bags, was tested before officers accepted it was legal. OMG, a jizz drinking game. British Transport Police said officers were called to Gatwick Airport Station at 1.34 p.m. on the 28th of August after a suitcase was found containing 25 bags of powder. That they just had a bukkake mouth party. Possibly. Following a number of inquiries. Turns and out tests, it's toad milk. <laughs> it was, yeah. Well, everyone's going to have a good time then. Mm -hmm. uh, it was determined these bags of powder were cake ingredients for a vegan bakery. They were soon reunited with the owner who has promised officers and staff a slice of cake in return. It's going to cost you some serious What's, what's any of that vegan cake? Fuck that. Vegan people want vegan cake. Okay. Uh, the restaurant, which has stores uh, in Brighton and London, tweeted, thanks for going easy on us guys a slab of cake uh, all around is in order for next time you're in brighton i have the most confused direction right now don't give cops free cake they don't earn it well these guys think they did uh, forgiving vegans that's weird i know right usually not so much don't threaten to cut off my cock for sixty dollars well i mean sixty dollars sixty dollars it's gonna <laughs> cost you some serious cock necrophilia can be overlooked <laughs> matt's review of jeffrey dahmer's movie summed up in one clip necrophilia can be overlooked <laughs> I'm advocating corpse fucking here. And that's my <laughs> that's my review. Uh, how about this? Uh, abandoned load of rotten potatoes deemed so deadly it got a police escort to the landfill. Old cops are bumbling dummies. Uh... <laughs> A tractor trailer loaded up with 40,000 pounds of rotten potatoes was given a uh, police escort to a Virginia landfill yesterday due to concerns about the abandoned loads toxicity. OMG, a jizz drinking game. I you did say abandoned loads. I was about to say somehow. Shut up. Are you talking about penises? Somehow that could be a clip. Uh, the truck Shoot loaded up with the taters had apparently been abandoned off I-95 in Richmond sometime in August. Local news outlet The Progressive Index report. Uh, by the time the truck was discovered, the potatoes had decomposed to the point that they could be dangerous to anyone who came in contact with them. OMG, a jizz drinking game. Dr. Eric Miller with the Aqua Terra Environmental explains rotting vegetables like potatoes emit a harmful gas that has been known to render people unconscious and has even led to death. All kinds of things you don't want on your dick. <laughs> Therefore, the trailer could I not got be... no clips for this, man. I'm uh, trying. That would actually worked out. Yeah. Could not be unloaded on site, had to be repaired and transported to the landfill. Your cum will probably taste better. And Wednesday, truck driver Joey Pate and a police escort took the load from the location where it had been discovered to a location on Old Stage Road, traveling at 5 to 10 miles per hour no, for safety. Cocky mouth party. Then on Sun Thursday, they resumed the slow journey to their final destination at Smith Bros. They took what now? Uh, the load. Uh, 
The, the landfill in Chester, Virginia, with three police cruisers escorting. Tate said the police escort was necessary since the tractor trailer was damaged and safety measures were taken just in case something happened en route to the dump. And on your rectal passage. Causing potatoes to spill into the road. I've been driving professionally for over 15 years, and this is my first police escort experience, says the driver. <laughs> Once at the landfill, a technician was obliged to don an oxygen mask and protective gear to open the trailer and dump the rotten potatoes. Though dying from toxic gas caused by rotten tomatoes is rare. It does happen, notably in 2013, when four members of a Russian family were killed from a gas caused by rotten potatoes stored in a basement area. That's insane. That is craziness. Yeah, so if you're that much into potatoes, make sure you don't let them rot. Yeah, don't let them taters rot. (laughs) That's a lesson to take away, and I think that's going to round things out for the fucking night. Let's just call it quits. All right, we're going to take the final break here. We're going to play the Ending Legion promo, and we're going to have a little bit more music befitting of The Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer and when we come back we will close out this weird ass somewhat pro serial killer show. If you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello This Is The Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
There's enough of that. We're sitting over here, and Matt's not enjoying that anymore. And it's pretty much just like the review we already said, only it's in death metal music form. Actually, yeah. Macabre is the first and only purveyor of what they like to call murder metal. Oh. All of their songs are strictly about murderers. Nice. They have entire albums, like they have the Jeffrey Dahmer oh, album. Yeah. They devoted that whole entire album to him. And then they have like some that are more like fairy tale uh, murderers or like famous murderers throughout history. That's yeah. Grim Scary Tales. I recommend that album as well. Actually, you're not going to go too wrong with just about any macabre album if you're used to that kind of metal. There you go. The thing that they do that I absolutely love is they have these little silly songs that they do, like the Jeffrey working in the Chocolate Factory Oopa Loopa one I played earlier. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't promote this band enough but you have to have a certain niche taste and a certain dark sense of humor to enjoy them. <laughs> so if you're listening to this song and you're going, fuck you, Court, don't ever play that again, maybe they're not for you. They're probably not for you. And also maybe the show isn't for you either, I guess. I don't I, know. Probably not. I mean, you gotta have a bit of a darker sense of humor. But, but to find keep out, listening, please. Yeah, to find out if the show really is for you or not, I would recommend going to our main landing page of legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We also have our Facebook group, which is Cinema Psyops, where if you're pretty pretty sure this show is for you. You might want to check out the Facebook group because that might also be for you. Yes. The alternative photography, the crazy memes, all that sorts is of weird all shit. That's definitely for everyone. Yes. And also, if you got some PSYOP news, you can get it to us right there. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook, so if you're pretty sure that I'm for you, you can friend me there. I'm Court PSYOPs. Matt is also on Facebook, although you wouldn't know it because he doesn't really participate there much at all. No. He is Matt PSYOP. My life is too busy with me wallowing in a dark basement with a bottle of alcohol and mowing my hopes and dreams crushed. But go ahead. <laughs> it's obviously football season. Email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com and let him know that it's not that bad. He has other things to look forward to. And also maybe you want to podcast with him, but he's just not responding. Now, I'll respond if someone wants a podcast. I haven't gotten one of those requests yet. If someone does email him and he doesn't get back to you, email me, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com or message me on Facebook, add me at Twitter, whatever. Or if you can find me, message me. Slide into my DMs and let me know and I'll slap the shit out of him and get him on your show. Slide right into court and then he'll slap me around a bit. Yes, that's how we like to play here in the Psyops <laughs> Labs. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that is Twitter and is convinced that everything is wrong in film. Don't follow film Twitter, by the way. No, yeah, no. Talk about a real hate-filled shit fest film yeah, twitter the best thing to do with twitter is just laugh at the people who get their panties in a bunch up in there and also maybe post screenshots of some of those if you find them to be quite insightful yeah. yes right and not insightful if you know <laughs> what i'm saying yes i am at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop matt i am also on the gram of instant where if you just add water you have a gram yeah cinema underscore psyops <laughs> where I post photos of my cats. Uh, Stop saying the word Graham, because now I'm wanting more of the drugs. <laughs> it's not drugs. It's just fucking vegan cake mix, dude. Uh, no, man. That's, I'm pretty sure that's drugs. We also have a Flick Chat group code where you can join us, Cinema PsyOps, all together, all one word. Matt has still not joined. I'm uh, not sure about it. I'm getting older, so now I'm scared of technology. <laughs> Flick Chat is actually what I would like to try and transition to if okay. we could because it's specifically about podcasting. Oh, right. And then the rooms would be about chatting about that specific podcast. Oh, we're going to be in rooms now? Well, it's kind of like a chat room. It'll be like a chat yeah. group, sort of like what you have in our Facebook group. Okay. Only it seems like it's less regulated and there's no ads, Sook style. Oh, nice. So I'm kind of interested in it. I'd like to get it going and I'm not All participating right, I in it myself. This week I am I'm joining it. This week. It turns out that Matt doesn't do this folks you can kick the fuck out of him and next week and make it your bitch Shouting the
for the workout, but he really he has to go see his girl. Uh, this really, you know, this uh, rubs uh, Jeff's, uh, sh uh, this really tans Jeff's hide here. <laughs> Dead things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that is. All right, but anyway. Uh, yes. Dead thing. Can you play that clip number four for me, please? Process. Yes, that's what he said. It was a process. Process. Now, here's what happened. I thought about making this part a clip. I had, this is probably why everything's fucked up. I had a lot more clips than I gave you. But okay. I realized, I was like, this is really clip. I, this whole movie, because I was clipping a lot of his narration. And I'm like, I really yeah. needed to get rid of some of that, because a lot of it was really lazy. So <laughs> I really cut out a lot of it and re-noted it in the movie. This was one of the ones I thought I had gotten to in enough time. Oh. And I had not. <laughs> process. Exactly. It's a, it's a process to try to go back and fix things. So anyway. That explains uh, why you watched it four times. Yes, exactly. He has brought in a... Uh, uh, Mostly because I put my penis inside of you, bareback. <laughs> the one in the echo is the best. <laughs> Ooh, there are multiple people saying it. it must be true. It's in stereo. <laughs> Putting it in both ends, bareback. <laughs> Which would be a clip if you weren't laughing so much. Just, just get the image of two Charles Bronsons doubling up on somebody. Wow, that's really hot. Let's get this done so we can talk about that more. Okay. I'm sorry, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't know about you, Pally, but I'm looking forward to this. It's a devil's three-way. We're going to lock eyes because we're both Bronson. That's right, Pally. Let's get this going. Hey, Pally, you got to do an Eiffel Tower. We're going to slap hands, make the Eiffel Tower, then do a proper devil's three-way and just lock eyes. You know what this is for? It's for jerking off. Going to be calling you finger cuffs for the rest of your life when we're through with you. <laughs> Sounds like you're losing your shit over there, Pally. <laughs> I should stop doing this voice, so you're not going to be able to get you your shit together. Stop! Shut up for a minute. Just give me a minute. <laughs> you of all people should know that when you tell me to stop, I don't like to stop. <laughs> oh, the visual of my head right now is so sexual. Okay. Right. Oh. Okay, breathe. <laughs> you think you're good now, Pally? Uh, I'm good, Pally. All right. Um... That leads to Jeffrey meeting with his PO officer again in our next clip. Shut up. Are you talking about penises? Oops. <laughs> we kind of are. Yeah, we kind of. He was an evil, disgusting murderer. But this guy, this guy kind of sort of deserved it. <laughs> wow. No one deserved what Jeffrey did to them. Except, no, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Except. <laughs> not even to say who would actually deserve it. Just picture somebody that you know I hate, and yeah. then that's probably them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I I'm going to take that out. Okay, that's probably for the best. And Jeffrey didn't deserve to have to eat something that horrendous. <laughs> uh, all right, so. And he liked attractive dudes, so he wouldn't have gone for that. Probably not. You're right. Maybe. Again, you have to cut that out, but I thought we were just having a conversation at this point. <laughs> You're just creating more editing work. Let's go. I'm sorry. <laughs> have to re-examine our purposes. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, great. Next week, we're really going to overcompensate. You're going to be like, I believe in the spiritual world now. And I'll be like, hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> also, those two things will not happen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Neither one of those two things will happen, but that'd be fucking hilarious. But I'm totally using that clip against you. Um, I don't care. <laughs> fucking, like, listen, out of the amount of clips you use on me, I'm pretty sure that's, like, the least worst one for our audience. Yes, but it's the <laughs> most fun for me. Yeah, well, okay. Oompa Loompa Toompa Jeffrey's stirring up some chocolate for you. Oompa Loompa Toompa He worked at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. What would you bet Jeffrey Gazzle down meat? Eating a bunch of the fellows he'd meet. If Jeff was a cat and men were the rats, what do you think will come of that? I don't like the look of it. Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Da. Jeffrey loved eating men from gay bars. And he lived in happiness too. Like the Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Da. Dude, I just drugged a sandwich for you. And I'm pretty sure the drug taste is just going to ruin the taste of man meat. Also, we're going to be pushing the Christian agenda right down your fucking throat. Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real.